guys, welcome to Kristen in the City podcast, a podcast where absolutely nothing is out of bounds. Every Monday, we're going to dive into some hot topics and we're going to discuss some things that we all go through. You're not alone. So grab your wine, grab your popcorn, or turn the volume up in your car because we're going to laugh, maybe even cry together because y'all know life is a lot. So I'm your host, Kristen, and let's get real. Well, hello, everybody, and happy Monday. I hope that y'all are having the best day as usual. You guys, I missed y'all last week. Like, it was so weird not uploading um, because normally I have this routine of, you know, recording and editing and then publishing and doing all my social media at the same time. So it was really different this past week. But I promise that there is good reason for me skipping a week, and it is because I was actually able to schedule my real estate exam on the 5th, which was last Tuesday. So before I tell you whether I passed or not, which if you have me on social media, you already know, um, but it was such a godsend for me because originally I had my test date scheduled for the 27th, which is still pretty far away. Um, But my HR girl messaged me last week and she was like, hey girl, like you might wanna see if there is an earlier test date available because all the testing centers are able to open back up again because the restrictions have been lifted. And I was like, oh, for real? Okay, hold please, let me get on the computer right now. And sure enough, the fifth popped up and I was like, come on now, secured 4 p.m. Let's go. (laughs) So um, I did end up passing. Thank goodness. Like, man, I will tell you, if you're pursuing real estate, um, heads up, that test is something else. Like, Oh man, I don't know if it was because I was just under so much pressure because my start date is Monday, um, which that's going to be today if you're listening on the Monday that I uh, upload this. But man, I was under a lot of pressure and it was so freaking overwhelming. And to be honest, I was so sure that I failed. Like I'm just sitting there going through the questions and like second guessing myself. And I'm just like, man, this is terrible. Like I'm, I'm, I failed like, cool. Um, so I walked out of the testing center and, uh, was gathering up like my stuff out of the locker And I start to kind of tear up because I'm just like, this sucks. Like, I know I failed. And like, here we go. Uh, I'm going to have to prolong my start date again and do this all over. And, you know, I'm not about that life. So he gave me the uh, two pieces of paper and both of them said pass. And I was like, quit it. Really? Are you sure this isn't me? Like, is it say Chris? Okay, good. I kept looking at both sheets like, (laughs) like every five seconds, making sure that both of them said pass. So Yes, I pass. I'm able to start my new job on Monday. Like, I see you, God. You're always pulling through for me. Like, come on now. So no more studying, no more stress. Like, you know, we're back to normal programming starting Monday. So thank goodness for that. So um, that's a little update. That's why I did not upload last week, but we are back. We're back on track now. So as you see from the title, I don't really know what I'm going to call it yet as of right now, but um, it's going to be along the lines of uh, Black Lives Matter or Dear Black Community. Um, but it's it was strange because a few days ago, I actually tried to record this episode and it was originally going to be Interracial Dating 101. And uh, I even asked you guys what you wanted to hear and that's what y'all agreed on too. Um, but while I was recording it, it was the same day that all of this Ahmaud Arbery thing um, was blasted all over social media and he was, you know, basically got hunted down and it really struck a chord with me. And anytime like this happens, it always does. But I just felt like it was more appropriate to have this conversation about, you know, Black Lives Matter and uh, 
I want to have this conversation. And so I will say the interracial dating um, for another episode, but I I need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. We need to have an uncomfortable conversation because I'm about damn tired of things like this happening. So um, that is what this episode is going to be about. And uh, just know that this is going to be an uncomfortable conversation, And uh, but it has to be talked about. I'm so tired of this shit happening. Okay. I don't mean to cuss, but that's just what it is to me. I can't, I can't take it anymore. And I'm white and can't take it anymore. So I cannot even stomach how black people feel that this crap is still happening in 2020. Like this is a modern day lynching. And if I have to make an uncomfortable podcast, um, episode to talk about it and to shed light on it, then that's fine. I, you know, on this podcast channel, we're going to Like I said in the beginning, like we're going to laugh, cry together. You know, it's going to be a large spectrum of topics that we talk about and nothing is off limits. And some people might listen to this and disagree and think that it's not that big of a deal. Hello, phone. My mother was calling me. I'm not even going to edit that out because you know what? This shit's real. So um, anyway, but yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's just get on right into it. Okay, so like I said a little bit ago, um, this episode was going to be about interracial dating, but if you've been on social media any at all this past week, you have seen something about Ahmaud Arbery, and God rest his soul, I, I just cannot even stomach what happened to him. I can't imagine how his family must be feeling right now, and this happened back in February. Like, it is May. This happened back in February, and the world is just now finding out about it. You know, social media has its pros and cons, but I'll tell you right now, a lot of the things that are being put into light right now would not happen if social media were not a thing, Um, which is also really hard to grasp because if social media didn't exist right now, these two murderers, cold-blooded murderers, would still be out of prison right now, and I just can't accept that. So, um, thank goodness this is a time where social media has prevailed and I'm like, thank you. Um, but I'm sick. Okay. I could only watch the video once. Um, the video has popped up more than once on my timeline. I'm sure it has with you as well. And the first time I watched it, I could not believe what I was seeing. I could, (laughs) it was like this human, this man was some sort of like deer or something or something that somebody was hunting down. Like he wasn't even a, he wasn't even a real life human. It's sickening. And before I even get into people trying to, um, validate these two people, hunting him down, gunning him down, killing him, which that's a whole other topic that I might even touch on a little bit later. Cause I just can't even think about why people would validate that. But, um, why is this still happening? I'm so tired. And uh, a lot of my podcast episodes are going to be more lighthearted and stuff, but I can't be quiet about this and I will not be quiet about this. Um, Us white people need to have a conversation, okay? At some point, all right, we are going to collectively, as a race, as a culture, admit that there is a freaking problem, okay? There is a problem. And if you don't think that black people or really any other race besides being white is treated differently, you are so far, I don't even, you are so far away from reality. And we have to do something about it. I'm not going to sit here another day or another week or another year 
and just be, be okay. Just because I have um, privilege and because I don't have to worry about my life being taken away from me when I go outside for a run. I'm tired of people thinking that issues don't exist because it doesn't happen to them, okay? Wake up. There are things that happen to other people that matter, okay? Just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean that it's not that big of a deal, okay? This selfishness, this hatred, this this just outright hate for other humans that look differently than you, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And for this to even begin to have a glimmer of hope, at some point we have to collectively come together as white people and, and quit this. And we have to start standing up for what's right. I'm, I don't care about being comfortable anymore and you shouldn't either, okay? We are one race. There aren't, you know, there's different ethnicities and stuff like that, but it makes the world and it makes our country beautiful, okay? But at the end of the day, there's only one race and it is the human race and that is the race that I care about and it is the one that you should care about. Love your neighbor. Really, do you understand why God said that? Do you understand why that's in the Bible? He meant that, okay? He, doesn't, he didn't say love only a certain kind of neighbor. He said, love thy neighbor. So whoever is around you, Whoever is around you at the grocery store, whoever is around you walking or running down the street, whoever is, you know, in the car beside you, love them. I'm so, what's going on, you guys? Like, can we talk about it? Like, this shouldn't still be happening. So what do we do, right? One thing is to, do, is to not be quiet. I see a lot of people who maybe believe in certain things that I can, you know, I'm not going to talk about because I'm not going to turn this political because it's not. Um, I see a lot of people being quiet. I see a lot of people not sharing um, Ahmaud Arbery's story. I see a lot of people not excited or not um, proud of the fact that we, the people, were able to bring this to light and have these two murderers taken into custody. I'm seeing a lot of people being quiet, and that is not an option any longer unless you want to be associated with people on the outside. Because now, to me, if you're on the outside, it's because you don't believe in justice. Used to be, if you were an outsider, you believed in justice. Now it's turning the other way around because people are starting to wake up. And I want you to be on the awake side. So, it's, it's especially close to me because, um, you know, my dating history, I have dated mostly black people. And so I have learned so much that I can't even, even, I can't even fit this into a book, let alone a single podcast. But my mind is open now because the people that have been in my life have been treated differently. And I have been treated differently because I have dated black people. So my perspective from all of this is a little bit different. And if I did not date black people or if I haven't in the past and I had just stayed dating um, the same race as me, I couldn't sit here and tell you that I would be as um, open-minded or aware of injustices that happen in this country, which is very sad. Because if you only live in your bubble, you stay in your bubble, you do exactly what you're told, exactly the things that you were taught to do growing up, you are selling your you are selling yourself short, excuse me. Things that are learned can be unlearned and you can be taught things to replace those things. And that is something that I've had to do. 
I have had to unlearn a lot of things um, that I've been taught growing up. And I've replaced them with things that I have learned just as far as experience goes and the people that I've had in my life. So everything can be unlearned. And to expand your knowledge and expand your horizons and uh, be empathetic on things that people go through that don't look the same as you, it's absolutely essential, okay? We got to stop this, you guys. So I'm going to go over a few just little uh, minor topics and just kind of elaborate on those things and we can further this discussion. So the next topic that I kind of want to hit is um, the fact that we have to collectively come together as a community, as a white community, and realize and accept the fact, yes, we do have a privilege. Yes, black people, Hispanic people um, that are in this country are treated differently. And so what do we do to stop it, right? And the very first way to stop this um, or even just see some sort of hope or break in this is that, yeah, we do have a privilege. Yeah, we don't have to worry about a lot of things that black people have to worry about. And we're just so stuck in our own bubble, stuck in our own ways, that even just something is simply walking out of our door to go for a jog is taken for granted. We don't have to worry about it. The only thing that I have to worry about when I step outside to go run is the fact of why am I running? Because I don't run. <laughs> and secondly, um, when I'm going to pass out. So that are the, that's, that's the kind of things that pop through my head when I'm running. Um, but for someone who is of color, their problem is, is like, okay, well, what can I wear that makes me, um, you know, stand out as far as like not being uh, labeled as someone who just did a robbery or some, maybe someone who just did a, committed a crime. Like maybe if I wear some sort of a reflective jacket, they'll know that I'm actually going out for a run. Like what? Like why do, it shouldn't have to be like that. Okay. When, you know, black children are growing up, there is a separate conversation that has to be had about things that you do not do and things that you do um, because you are a different race. I, that, the fact that if I have a mixed child one day, which is very likely, the fact that I'm going to have to um, have this conversation with my child about things that you probably should not do or things that you have to be careful of because of his skin color makes me so angry. Um, but not only angry, it makes me upset because of the fact of, you know, we're supposed to be in a time where everything's progressive. Like we're supposed to be progressing as a community. And we have in a way as far as like, okay, well, slavery is illegal and uh, segregation is illegal, but we're not moving as fast as we should. And I it takes everything in me to try to understand that. Like, why? Like, what's going on? Um, so for me, you know, having a lot of black people in my life, like pretty much since I was little, um, just seeing it firsthand and the conversations that I've had to have with my family, um, the conversations that I've had to have with my family friends, I have been told that I am too pretty to date black people, which I don't know what the hell that means. Um, I have had to just teach my family, um, I've had to teach my family right from wrong, and I've had to have difficult conversations over and over and over and over again until they finally get it. Um, it's, it just kind of makes me speechless. Like, I have so much to say, but it's just, like, baffling to me that you have to teach people, um, just common decency, I guess is the right word for it. 
And um, I will say there's, I've made progress with my family because I would be lying if I said that, you know, little sixth grade me, you know, dating a a black boy and my parents kind of being thrown off by it. I would be lying if I said that they were cool with it from the jump. They weren't. And uh, I've had to just consistently train, I guess, my family to see that color does not matter at all. Like why are people treated differently because of skin color? Why does it matter? You love who you love. Love is not supposed to be exclusive to people that look like you. It's very much so inclusive, especially if you want to broaden your horizons and just learn another culture, learn another person's way of living, expand your mind. The things that I have learned from dating black people, you know, not to be joking about this or whatever, but Hell, I learned to season my food. Like, there are so many things that I have learned um, that, man, it would just be weird to not know this. And like I said earlier, like, it's crazy because if I would have just dated people that look like me, I would just be so, I guess, ignorant to things that might be going on in the world right now. Who knows? Um, But, man, it's just bizarre to me. It truly is bizarre to me. So look, as a uh, white community, we need to stand together and make sure that we make it known like, hey, we're for y'all. We stand up for y'all and do not be quiet. It's crazy and saddens me that the whole Black Lives Matter movement got started because they just don't feel like their lives matter as much. And that sucks. Like, what did we do? You know, like, what did we do? I know what we did. I'm speaking that metaphorically, but we have to fix it. We started this. We started racism. And it is our job to fix it. It is our job to fix it. Okay. And as far as the Black Lives Matter movement goes, the people who say, oh, well, all lives matter. Yeah, we know that. Um, but me as a white person has never had have never had to question whether my lives matter, whether my life matters, or whether another white person's life has mattered. We've never had to question that. Black people, on their hand, they have had to question that before, and they still have to question it. So, if they wanted to create a movement where they are focusing on the fact where they feel like their lives don't matter, why are you taking that away from them? Why? You feel so entitled to everything. You can't even let a race of people that feel like they don't matter as much as we do. Like you want to take that away. You just feel like you want to have the right to everything. Why? And then you turn right back around when all this police brutality stuff has been going on and want to change the phrase to blue lives matter. But you just said all lives matter. So why are you just now focusing on cops because they're so-called being targeted for police brutality? I see through all of it, and I hope that you do too. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the crap. Us as white people have to do better. It is our job to fix it. It is our job to make sure that everybody feels like their life matters, because it does. But the moment that we let something like this whole, you know, murdering with Ahmaud Arbery, if we let that go and we stay quiet about it, that is another person, innocent another innocent person that has slipped through the cracks and it is our fault. Yes, we did not murder them. But if we stay quiet and let this go and not bring attention to it, we let 
them down again. I'm not okay with that. I'm not letting people feel like this. I'm not okay with it. And I will speak up until it. I will speak on it until the day I'm six feet under. Until I'm old. Because it is my job as a human to make sure that everybody else feels like they matter. Especially black people. I'm tired of it. So it's just, it's just all I can do right now is just shake my head, like seriously. And it's crazy because a lot of people, you know, like to claim that, you know, black people aren't treated any differently. Um, they, bl- they bring a lot of the way that they're treated onto themselves. And that really makes me scratch my head because um, there was a video and I'm sure you've seen it before, but um, I forgot what her name is. But anyway, she is a professor or was a professor that was teaching some sort of like culture um, class, like, you know, as far as like, uh, the melting pot and things like that. Maybe it was, I don't know, some sort of history class. I'm not sure. Um, but she simply stated, she was like, Hey, if, uh, you would like to be treated as a black person today, go ahead and stand up. Nobody stood up. She was like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think you understood what I was saying. If you want to be treated like a black person does in this country, stand up again, nobody stood up. And it was such a simple but completely effective way to show that we know that black people are treated differently. We just don't want to talk about it, okay? We don't want to admit that there's a problem because that means that we're going to have to fix a lot of things that happen inside our brains. It's a lot of inner issue, a lot of um, inner racism that, you know, isn't really necessarily outright, but it exists in all of us. So why don't we do anything about it? Like, it could be as something as simple as stating, hey, that there is a problem and speak on it. Be vocal about it. You want to be vocal about everything else. You want to be vocal about, you know, go Trump. But you don't want to be vocal about people getting hunted down and gunned down and killed. Make that make sense. And, uh, you know, I don't consider myself a Trump supporter. I wish him the best and I hope that he does well, of course. I'm not a Trump-like hater. I don't hate him. Um... And it is completely fine if people have their political beliefs. Like, if you believe in Trump and you think that he's a, if he was a great person for the job, then, like, that's cool. Like, I, I you know, understand where you're coming from. Because everybody can have their own opinions, and I'm not going to look at you any differently. But if you're so vocal about something like that, I just don't understand why you're not as passionate about people's rights. Okay? That's where it kind of confuses me. Um... A lot of people in my family are Trump supporters, and I love them to death. And I, I understand from their side and their um, beliefs, like why they believe in him. Like, and I get it. Like, it's cool. I don't hate everything that he even does, to be honest with you. But so many people are so passionate about him and very vocal, but they're never vocal about things like this that happen. And so it just makes me wonder, like, why? Like, why are you not being vocal about people's lives being taken innocently? It confuses me, and it confuses everybody. Um, so until that moment where everybody or you know majority can agree that there's a problem and start being vocal, we're not going to get anywhere and it's going to continue to keep happening. And, um, even though I'm very, very glad that the murderers of Mont Arbery, you know, they're in custody now and they're arrested. Um, so was, um, the person that shot, um, Trayvon Martin, you know? George Zimmerman or whatever his name was. He was arrested as well. But, you know, we all know how that went. He is out. 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm not applauding quite yet. It is a start and I am thankful for that, but um, I'm curious as to see how this trial goes, that it's going to the grand jury now. So um, all I'm saying, you guys, is that this is a uncomfortable conversation, okay? It's, it sucks. Like it's, it's like we don't know what the right thing to say is. And sometimes I feel like I can't even say the right thing. But I do know uh, what needs to be brought to our attention. I know that we need to stop being quiet about it. And I know that we need to start recognizing the pain and the grief that even black people feel today. Um, you know, back onto the thing of, you know, they bring it upon themselves. You have to understand that um, after slavery, they were basically thrown into their own little areas called ghettos. That's why that word even exists. And, you know, we threw them all into one area and said, have fun, good luck. And they had to start their whole community from scratch. Do you under, like, do you really understand what happened after slavery when it was illegal and what we just expected them to do? Good luck. Like, I hope y'all make it. And that's why all these gangs started. That's why drug dealing happened, all of that, because that's what they had to do to survive. And I know that that is a very hard thing for y'all to swallow because a lot of y'all didn't have to decide whether, you know, to either A, do stuff illegal to stay alive and to keep your family alive or die. But that is a truth of what happens or what's happening today. Even still to this day, black people are like are oppressed. They are. And it sucks because I just feel like I can't do anything about it. And it's no secret. I've always been humanitarian and I've always wanted to you know, I've always had this perfect vision of what I wanted the world to be like. And it's just sad that it's not like that. And that there's always going to be greed. There's always going to be hate. There's always going to be just some form of evil. And a lot of the times, evil comes from people that we consider good. Or that they're in, you know, positions of power. And I'm not even talking about Trump. I'm talking about just everybody in general. And so, basically, you guys, I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing it. And I'm tired of the realization that black people feel like they don't matter. Nobody should feel like that. Nobody should fear for their life as they're going for a job. And more importantly, if that happens, I'm tired of seeing justice not being served. I'm tired of people, I'm tired of uh, people getting shot in their cars in front of their children because cops feel like their lives are in danger when they're unarmed. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. So my challenge for you guys is to not be quiet about injustice of any sort. If you see something that happens and you know it's wrong, we all have an inner self of right from wrong from the minute that we're born. From the minute we're born, we know whether something is right or wrong. So stand up for it. Life isn't just meant to just go through the motions and just, you know, oh, work here, uh, be successful, get money, retire, that. No, make your life mean something. Stand up for something. And I don't know about y'all's goal, but my goal in life is to make a difference. And I 
do not ever, ever want anybody to feel like from the actions of people that look like me, that their life doesn't matter. Or that something might bad happen to them just from something that we're all comfortable with doing from day to day. This has to stop. This has to stop. So, my challenge for you, in addition to standing up for what's right, um, make Ahmad Arbery's name known. Make his name known. That he was hunted down by two white guys who felt like they had some sort of right to take the law or matters into their own hands and kill somebody, it's not okay. Make his name known. And more importantly, pray for justice and pray for just peace and healing for the family because I cannot imagine what that feels like. But for a lot of black people, that's reality. Somebody in their family has been killed by either the cops or, you know, another person. And it's all well too known in their community. And I'm tired of it. And uh, just from my own experiences and from me dating my exes and seeing how they've been treated by the cops. Literal stories that I have heard from people in my life and things that I've seen with my own two eyes. I know for a fact that black people are treated differently. And tired of it. So I will spend every waking breath making sure that I'm vocal about it. And I will keep you know, teaching the people in my lives who maybe think differently that, hey, you need to wake up a little bit. Not everything is always peaches and cream. There is, definitely, there is definite evil in the world. But we, the people, seriously have a lot of power. We got two guys arrested from making Ahmaud Arbery's story known. We have a lot more power than you think. So collectively, as a person, all of us as one person, we can make a difference. So... I know this podcast has been heavy. Um, it's been heavy on me all week. But this has to be talked about. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, man, share Ahmaud Arbery's story, please. And uh, stand up for what you know is right. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this. I know it was tough to hear. And maybe some of you are feeling uneasy after this. And I know that I will too. But Difficult conversations are the best, honestly. Growth always happens outside of your comfort zone, and that is in so many different aspects of life. But um, I know that y'all want to listen to the interracial dating uh, episode that I had, and that will definitely come. But it has a lot of similarities to this. When you date interracially, you're looked at differently. You're challenged by people. You're asked really insane questions like, you know, why do you like black guys? Like, well, why do you like white people? There's a lot of things that need to be taught to people. And uh, man, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to get going. So 26 years old, however old you are, make every moment from here on out, um, make, it, make it count, okay? So until next week, I will see you guys and uh, have a blessed week. Talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye.